and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Tuesday, October 13th. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is Noah Morris. Noah, how are things going? Fantastic, Rod. Yourself? Uh, things are things are great. You know, the Browns are 4-1. and one. Uh, We're in October. The weather's still nice here in Ohio. I have... I have no complaints. You're joining uh, joining me from South Carolina? Yeah, I'm North- just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, right over the North- border. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're telling me it's actually hot there. Yeah, it's about 80 degrees today. Um, so a little on the warm side for a Cleveland boy like myself, and uh, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, nothing to complain about, that's for sure. So, uh you know, um, Browns coming off a big win. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about the Browns, um, the Colts game, the upcoming game with the Steelers. But before we do that, we like to kick things off by talking about our Blitz beverages. And you told me you were going to drink some good beer on the show, Noah. So why don't you, uh, I'm going to let you go first and talk about the beer that you're drinking. Perfect. Yep. I am tonight. I just cracked open a Bell's official hazy IPA. I'm normally not a big IPA guy. Um, I prefer a wheat beer uh, or a nice lager uh, usually. And yet uh, this one is real. It's pretty mellow. Um, It's got a nice peachy citrus flavor to it. Uh, A little on the on the hazy side. Um, Just a slight hoppy, hoppy feel to it. And um, it is Quite refreshing and delicious, and of course, drinking it out of my my Cleveland Browns uh, Stein, as it should be. Yeah, yes, nice, nice job there. And I think we have that in common. Um, anybody who listens to the to the podcast knows I'm not a huge IPA guy, but I'm trying to kind of work it in. You know, <laughs> it's a it's a good starter for for an IPA for sure. Yeah, you know, I've I've actually ordered some recently, and I'm you know I'm, I'm starting to enjoy them a little bit more. And, um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll definitely, I'll give that one a shot. Definitely. Excellent. So I'm drinking one. I've, I've probably had this on the show, but it's probably been a while. It's, uh, a Windridge barn dog, chocolate, vanilla, Imperial Porter. I guess this is a 7% alcohol content. Um, just, just a real good beer. Um, it's, you know, it's probably not cold enough outside yet for this, but it's got a really nice flavor. Anything that's got, you know, the chocolate and vanilla both in it just tastes real good. So I picked this one out because it's kind of a personal favorite. But I say that about almost every beer I drink. So. <laughs> well, it sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah, it, it's good. It's good. So I would recommend it. You know, if anybody sees it out there, give it a shot. I, th- I think you'd be uh, pretty happy with it. So especially if you like porters or anything with a chocolate or a vanilla flavor in it, it's, it's pretty darn good. I'll, be, I'll keep my eye open for it for sure. All right. Well, Noah, this is the point where we uh, we give you a shot to talk about your Browns journey, your your journey as a fan. Uh, just kind of give you a chance to talk about you know how you became a fan or why you're a fan, um, you know, and maybe some special moments for you as a Browns fan or favorite players or memories, anything that you want to talk about. Sure, appreciate it. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, certainly an honor. Yeah. Um, so I was actually born uh, back in the uh, mid-70s and on the east side uh, of Cleveland. 
and um, I have three older brothers, and um, my father shared season tickets with one of our neighbors down the street who also had uh, four sons, and they would alternate games, and so they would each take kids, uh, you know, on alternating games, home games, and um, as early as, uh, you know, the the early 80s, I can remember going to, uh, to training camp. Um, I have tons of old pictures, uh, Brian Sype and all those guys. And uh, obviously, as I got a little bit older, I could appreciate the game a little bit more. My brothers were a little bit older than me, so they would actually, when the Browns were, were always in the playoffs in the mid-80s, were sleeping out for tickets at Old Cleveland Stadium, freezing their, their butts off, you know, for to get those playoff seats. And um, so I just, uh, you know, I grew up, thankfully, watching a winner. And, um, you know, and the glory, my, you know, my glory days of, uh, as a Browns fan were watching Bernie and, um, you know, the dogs defense and Hanford Dixon and Frank Minifield. I mean, those are my, those are my memories. Um, I was actually at a couple of pretty big historic games. Um, I was at, uh, the 86, uh, AFC championship game and sat in the dog pound for the, for the, the drive, um, which was, you know, as unfortunate as the ending was. Uh, it was still pretty cool to be, you know, a part of uh, of history of Browns and NFL history. An amazing experience. I remember chomping on dog bones and and uh, just being <laughs> a crazy person. Um, and then a couple of years later, I was at the uh, the divisional playoff game against the Bills, uh, where Clay, Clay Matthews intercepted Jim Kelly at the three yard line, I think, with four seconds to go to yeah. seal the win. So that was that was pretty awesome being at a, a big playoff win at Old Cleveland Stadium. Man, that place was just insanity. Um, and then uh, you know from there I moved down to, to Florida um, in the early '90s. And you know '94, uh, ironically, though, like the last year that we were four and one, um, was the year I graduated high school. And then right after that was when the Browns, um, when uh, you know who stole the Browns in the middle of the night and took them took them somewhere else. And uh, it was a tough time there. And, you know, coming back, it's been, uh, it's been quite the journey. And yet, you know, as well as I do, when you're a Browns fan, man, you you bleed orange and brown. It's just something you can't get out of your blood. And um, moved up to Charlotte a few years ago. And um, I have two young, young girls and my wife, and they've all become passionate Browns fans, just like myself. And, um, you know, we're just really enjoying this year. It's been it's been it's been a tough road for sure, and this has just yeah. been an awesome awesome ride. It's good to see feel the change in, in the in the franchise, and I can tell the fans are excited, and um, just can't wait to see what what the rest of the season brings. Yeah, I'm, I have a couple years on you, but uh, but yeah, I mean, we grew up uh, or well, I've got more than a couple, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, some of the you know, a lot of those same guys, those are guys like, you know, that I idolized and just love watching, you know, in the, in the early to mid eighties and, and beyond, you know, so, um, so thank, thanks for sharing that. Sure. Sure. Definitely. My pleasure. Anybody that's willing to listen to that, I'm, I'm willing to talk. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody's got, you know, just a, just a little bit different spin, but man, the, the, the fact that Browns fans, it's, it is, it's in your blood. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know if anybody can go from being a Browns fan to to leaving this team. You know, maybe I know some people probably left when the Browns left town, but other yeah. other than that, um, it's just a part of you. 
Absolutely. And I'm, I'm, you know, for those younger Browns fans that, you know, really didn't know the team prior to 99, um, I can't imagine what this feels like for them, having never really seen outside of what 2007, um, you know, a really good Browns team. And this time it looks sustainable, so I'm pretty excited. Um, and I should also mention my dad uh, was actually at the 64 championship game as well. So there's a wow. bit of a winning history there for us, too. And so we're looking to bring that back. That's incredible. That's really cool. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that gets me, too. Like you said, the uh, a lot of the younger fans, they've never experienced the Browns, you know, really winning. I mean, that, like you said, that was it, the, uh, the 07 team that, that won 10 games didn't, didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah, they didn't make the playoffs. That's right. Yeah. And I think the, the Browns, when they made the playoffs in the early 2000s, what, what were they, nine and seven, I think? Yeah. And then that team that squeaked that in. Heart wrenching loss to, to the, to that, that other team. To the other team. There's some, yeah, some names and teams we just don't really have to mention. That's right. That much on the show. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll talk about them later. We'll talk <laughs> about them. But the Browns did have a win on Sunday. You know, a game that we're going week to week on this. Um, games that are kind of measuring sticks for different teams. And I think a lot of people thought that, you know, the Browns were playing a, a team with, with a nice defense. And I thought this. Uh, you know, it's a, kind of a test for the offense. We'll see how they do. And, you know, each week seems to be a question of the defense. You know, it, it, I don't know that people are still sold on this defense yet because they're getting, you know, they're still giving up yards, still giving up points. Um, I don't know how long it's going to take before people are re- really sold on on the defense um you know it's not a defense that's going to shut teams down completely but man they're sure making plays they're making plays keeping the team in the game and actually winning some games for the browns but the browns go out and score 32 points against the colts you know and then they won uh 32 23 it was uh it was a little bit of a surprising game because the Browns really didn't run the ball all that much. Uh, didn't seem like it. I mean, Kareem Hunt ran a bit late in the game. You know, he, he ended up with 20 carries, but it wasn't the the mix that I you know that I thought we were going to see. Um, you know, so give me a, give me a couple of your thoughts from this from this game, Noah. Um, what yeah. were your takeaways? So I mean, I certainly. You know, I went into the game feeling like this was strength against strength with regards to our offense against their defense. Uh, I mean, they think that I believe they came in as the number one rated defense in the league. Yeah. Uh, and, and we were certainly a top five offense. And I was a little bit surprised as well with regards to our game plan. Uh, you know, obviously not having Chubb out there. Um, I think that altered potentially how we were going to approach the game. Uh, but I do think that, you know, Stefanski, he's brilliant. And I think that, you know, he came in there with the idea of let's catch these guys off guard a little bit. Let's mm-hmm. take advantage of their of their pass rush by, you know, letting or by by letting them, you know, or at least by, uh, I'm sorry, of their of their run defense by letting them try to 
stop the run and, and blowing them up on the pass a little bit. And so, you know, Baker was he was throwing some darts in the first half and the receivers were making some great plays. So um, they showed me a lot. Um, Baker showed, I think, a lot of progression in this game. You know, I, th- there's so many people out there that just it, it just it, it I wonder what else do they want from this guy? You know, I mean, he's he's on the verge of becoming the third quarterback in history to throw for um, what, th- three, uh, three thousand yards and 20 touchdowns in his first three seasons. So, <laughs> you know, what, four coaches in three years? I mean, it's and more offensive coordinators than that. More yeah. offensive coordinators, right? And he's he's had the cards stacked against him, and um, I just think that uh, they it was an impressive showing. It was an impressive win. They looked like they looked like the better team. They looked like the better team the entire way. And to your point about the defense, this is not a top ten defense. I think we can acknowledge that and miles garrett is going to be the best defensive player on the field in every game we play this year hands down so when you have that guy who every game is making some kind of crazy disruptive play uh who you know ronnie harrison made the pick and yet i think the pressure was coming from miles which is why you know he he made uh philip philip rivers made that awful throw and then he's the one that caused the safety so he indirectly was responsible for nine points which as you said earlier is the difference in the game so they're making plays when it counts they're stepping up when it counts they're bend but don't break and um right now we don't need them to be top 10 right now i think they're going to get better and stronger as the season rolls uh if the offense can continue producing at the clip that they're producing uh we're gonna be in every single game and we should be the better team in most games that we play yeah, I agree with you. You know, this team, like you said, we the defense doesn't need to be a top five defense to win every game. I don't think Baker needs to be a top five quarterback to win every game. It's the fact that there's really a, a lot of balance on this team. The offense and defense complement each other and pick each other up. The Browns can can run the ball. They can throw the ball. They've got a number of options in, in each of those um, facets of the game. So they're not they're not limited, and they don't need one person. Whether it's Baker, you know, um, well maybe they do need Miles on defense, <laughs> uh, but they they don't need one person, especially on offense, to 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 win the game for them. Um, Miles is a whole other story because yeah. uh, Miles is definitely, you know, the leading contender for defensive player of the year right now. I mean, we're, we're through we're through five games. Sure. So, you know, it's much too early to really talk about awards like that. But um, but he's you know, he's been the best defensive player up to this point in the season. And he should be yeah. recognized for that. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that, uh, that I want to I wanted to point out is if you recall the first play of the game, if you remember, there was that run with Kareem Hunt and he was, they stripped the ball from him and, you know, they had to review the play and ultimately they, you know, they called it that it was, it was our ball. You recall Mm -hmm. the play that I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So 
you know, I kept thinking, you know, in previous years, that's a call that would have gone against us. There's just there's just something different about about this team and the way it feels. Even um, when Ronnie Harrison had the pick six and on just the next play, you know, they uh, Indy returns the kickoff for a touchdown. You know, the old the old Browns, uh, you know, you're still here we go again. You know, here it comes. And this team is there. It's they're just different. They're built differently. Um, and the, it, you can feel it when you watch them. And uh, it's just a, it's just it's refreshing. It's fun. They again, they look like the better. T- they, I mean, they did not play their best game and they beat what everybody said was one of the better teams. More than likely, the team's going to win the AFC South um, in, in the league. So, or at least in the AFC. So, um, you know, I think, again, that the first half was a great offensive showing for us. Um, Baker looked sharp. We've definitely focused more on, on passing. And, um, and then, you know, obviously that third quarter letdown is something that I'm, you know, paying attention to in, in games coming up because we can't continue to do that and expect to continue winning. And I think that I think that coach knows that and mm-hmm. we'll get that cleaned up. Yeah, I think that third quarter letdown, we can point to the defense, but that's really about the offense being able to go out there and get first downs and sustain some drives, even if they're not scoring points. Sure. They've repeatedly kind of had some three and outs, you know, a couple put a couple of three and outs in a row. That's kind of put the defense on its heels a little bit and tired the defense out. So uh, that's, that's probably as much on the offense as it is on the defense. I want to go back to your point about the calls, um, the, the officiating and getting some of these calls because we, that's been discussed on this podcast and it's been a while back. I have been very vocal about calls against the Browns and how unfair things have been in the past when there were games when the Browns had 13 penalties or, or, or more, you know, or 13 or 10 or 13 penalties called against them and the opponents would get two called against them and said, mm-hmm. I don't care how bad the Browns are. There's no way there should be a disparity like that. You know, that large of a disparity in penalties. Okay. And we pretty much came to the conclusion that. When you're a bad team, you're going to get calls against you because the officials are going to look for them. That's right. They know you're a bad team. So the only way you get more calls and get some respect is by winning. That's right. You flip the script. Yeah, you flip it. And that's what the Browns have done. And how have they done it? They've done it by, by Stefanski, you know, by, first of all, by him instilling this just this uh, this vision and the the players buying in and by by him just being smart and knowing how to use his players but then you just have the pure effort of the players and i'm thinking of three plays that just popped into my head one is that the overthrow to obj that could have been an interception within the past few weeks uh, can't can't even remember who they were playing, um, uh, but where he went up and knocked the ball down. I think that I don't know yeah. if that was the Cowboys or Washington. Um, I think, yeah, 
I know I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm not sure who it was against, but I know exactly so, what you're talking about. So there was, was, I think there, it was in the red zone that he made that play. Yeah, so he makes that play. There's that play, which I believe was for a first down, that Kareem Hunt made that ridiculous one-handed grab mm-hmm. where he lands flat on his back right on the sidelines. Yep. And then there's the catch that, that, that Jarvis made Sunday where he pretty much reached around in front of the guy and grabbed the ball. That yeah. It was absolutely an impossible catch, okay? Plays like that are things that turn a franchise around. When guys believe they can do that kind of thing and other guys see guys playing like that, man, guys are going to start believing that they can do anything that they can beat anybody, that they can play with anybody. Oh, you're, you're, you're dead on the money. I mean, you look at um, what last week Donovan Peoples-Jones had a monster block um, to free up, was it, was it Dearness or, or Kareem Hunt on, on, on one of the scoring plays? I think it was, I don't know, it was a scoring play. Um, just through, it, it might have been the first play of the game. And then um, even this past week, uh, Rashard Higgins, who hasn't been active until this week. And it was that third and nine play in the fourth quarter where he he sprung Dearness Johnson for that 28-yard gain yeah. to basically seal the game. And and yeah. you're right. Those, those are effort plays because he's got these guys believing that, that first of all, that every play matters and that mm-hmm. every guy, if every guy – does their job on every given play, then we're going to win the game. We're going to win the play. We're going to win the game. And you can tell, you listen to these guys, to a man, they all echo what Stefanski says, which is, we're 1-0 this week. And I, I love what he said. Somebody asked him about, uh, you know, what does it look like on a victory Monday? Says, I mean, we, we want, I mean, it's Monday. We're going back to work. What do you mean? Was victory Monday? There's no such thing. You know, like the, the mentality is like, we don't need to celebrate. A bit. It's our job. Our job is to win. Um, and that's the mentality. These guys are workmen. I love it. They're blue collar. They're going out there and they're just uh, they're just doing their job. And, and it's technique. It's just being disciplined. It's fun to watch. It really is. It's it's a lot of fun. You, and nobody's moping. Nobody's complaining about not getting the ball. Now, of course, they've won four games in a row. So the, the test is going to be when they when they lose a game or two. Because we have to be realistic. This team's not going to go 15-1. and one. Okay. Right. Um, I, I'd love it if it happens. You know, <laughs> you I, I would love people to come back and play this little clip and say, ha-ha, you were wrong. But sure. <laughs> it's probably not going to happen. Okay. <laughs> so, so, you know, this team needs to be able to carry the same attitude. You know, through um, you know through through the losses, and still come back and play the same way, and still believe that they can win win every game. So you know, um, they'll, they'll get into that eventually. Um, hopefully, it's not for several weeks. But <laughs> that's right. I, right, exactly. Well, hey, look. I mean, look what happened to to Baltimore last year, right? They we we kicked the you know what out of them, and then they won their next fourteen games. You know, so yeah. um, anything's possible. It yeah, is. anything is possible. I'm not saying that we're going to go 14 or 15 and one. Uh, and to your point, I sure wouldn't complain if we did. 
Um, and, and I'm interested to see how they react when when things don't go our way. Um, but from what I've seen so far, like to our point earlier, they're they're fun to watch. I, I remember during the game, just turning to my wife and just saying, "Man, who are these guys?" I'd said that the last three weeks in a row. Um, who are these guys? I mean, they, they're fun to watch. It's I'm watching quality football. Um, it's just a, it's a breath of fresh air. It's just it's been a, a pleasure so far. It, that's great, and it's a lot of the same guys, you know, it, as who have been here. Well, it's a lot of the same guys who were here last year. Let's put it that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm not going to go back and bash the you know anybody on the prior regime, but Kevin Stefanski and these coaches. You know, I don't think we can say enough about guys like Bill Callahan and anybody else who's involved in this coaching staff because Kevin Stefanski's not doing it by himself. You know, he's got, I think he's surrounded himself with a lot of good people, and um, the the results are speaking for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Just, yeah, I mean, I liked I liked the hire. Um, it wasn't the the flashy, sexy hire. You know, everybody. I shouldn't say everybody. A lot of people were clamoring for McDaniel's because. Mm-hmm from the the Belichick tree and all that um and I just I looked at results I looked at you know what Stefanski did with you know I with he had great talent in in Minnesota it's uh you know I'm not taking anything away from them you look at the Browns to a man at each position we have more talent so you put him you know in, in with our roster and then you bring in Callahan what this guy has done with the offensive line has been nothing short of just outstanding. Uh, you know, even even Hubs coming in, you know, for Wyatt Teller really didn't miss a beat. I mean, they I think that was one of the adjustments that Indy made last week was they, they put Buckner in uh, on the inside of, the, of in the interior of the defensive line in the second half, and he had a little bit more success than being you know being on the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, even still. Hubs did a great job, and um, Callahan's just done a phenomenal job. Even Joe Woods, given all the injury, I mean, think about that, Rod. Grant Delpit was supposed to be, you know, our 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 starting free safety, and yeah. we lost the season before the season even started. And we and Greedy Williams was supposed to be our number two cornerback. The guy just went to IR, hasn't played a snap, um, and so we're we're it's a mash unit. You know, Mac missed the first four games, three and a half games. Um, Jacob Phillips, you know, um, so we've been doing it uh, on, you know, a little bit handicapped and no excuses, you know, they're just going out there and getting it done. I love it. I just love it. Yeah. I mean, they even had a couple, you know, some guys out on defensive line, you know, Sunday. Um, Yeah. Larry O. Yeah. Yeah. And having uh, a great year, by the way. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, the defense. Yeah, when you when you think of those injuries and and the guys who should be out there, it, it's really an amazing job. And you know, I just I don't think people have been too too hard on the defense. They've probably been harder on Baker than they have been on the defense, which is mind boggling to me. But it, it, it he's is. He's a quarterback. I get it. Yeah, he's a quarterback. He's going to take all all the heat, you know. Uh, gosh darn him, we're four and one. But anyways, uh, <laughs> you know the the defense. Man, you just you just look at all those injuries, and you look at today's game, and the fact that the Browns have been able to shut down teams 
for you know for periods of time in games. Mm-hmm. You know, and sure they've given up a ton of points at times too, but it seems like they have a knack for getting stops at the right time when their offense is really rolling, and they can pile up some points. And, yeah, and absolutely, it's really working. Yeah, I mean it's the old adage: the the bend don't break defense, right? Just score yeah. more points than the other team. I don't really style points mean nothing to me. If we're we're four and one, so if you would have told me being a season before and one right now, I'd be really happy. Yeah, yeah, me too. I did not expect it. That's the thing with Stefanski. I I like to hire. I thought that he would develop into, you know, a potentially you know very good coach. Um, I didn't know how good. You know, he hadn't been a coach before. How would you know how good he's going to be? Right. The thing that surprised me is how quickly this team has gotten to where to where it is. You know, I thought it would take a few games and, you know, it, it pretty much took the Baltimore game because Baltimore is is a good team. We had to go to Baltimore. And and of course, the Browns hadn't even played together at all. New coach, new playbook. So, I mean, you know, one game. It took pretty much a preseason game and then they're ready week two. No, absolutely. Hey, look, I mean. He's not perfect. He, the guy, <laughs> I think that uh, I, I was scratching my head a little bit with the game plan in the Baltimore game and um, some of the, the play calls. And um, I think all of us were kind of like, what's going on? You know, we would go for a fake punt inside the, was it the 30 yard line or something like that? The Baltimore 30 yard <laughs> line. Um, you know, and I, and I, he, it's, it feels like he just got out of his system and settled down a little bit. And he's so even keeled. You know, he doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. And, and, and the players, they're, they're just lockstep with that. And all their message is the same. We're just going to be 1-0 this week. We just got to be 1-0 this week. Um, we don't care about the win last week. They don't care about the history. They can't carry that baggage with them. You know? They don't care and, about um, the history at all. They, they don't. And they that. shouldn't. They shouldn't. You know, and it's hard for us as Browns fans because they, those guys, most of them weren't even born. <laughs> Let's be real. Yeah. Why should, so, what should they care about what happened back in 2000 or, or back in the eighties? I mean, that's that right. Care. And you know what? These guys, they love playing for the Browns. You can tell they feel the love from the city. Um, they, a guy like OBJ is a great example, right? Like came from the biggest market and all the glitz and glamor and a non-winning team. Right. Like they didn't win when he was there. And um, he's in a place now, obviously, being with his 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 best friend and brother, you know, probably (laughs) helps out tremendously. And yet um, he seems very comfortable and um, very happy. And, you know, there's so much narrative around him and just, you know, he's a diva. I haven't seen any of that in Cleveland. Um, The guy just wants to win. And as long as they're winning, I think all these guys are going to be happy. You know, I mean, OBJ did a few things last season to kind of gather a little bit of attention. But you know what? As long as he's out there playing, I don't care. As long as he's performing on the field. And, and this season, there's really been very, very little of that. You know, uh, everybody on this team has just been about the team. And Absolutely. That's how it should be. I think that's part of, you know, being a, a team player and being a uh buying into Stefanski's whatever you want to call it, you know, system or, or whatever. I mean, he's a new coach. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing that he can come in 
as a new coach and and get these guys to buy in pretty much right away and get them to to come together and you get the feeling at least I do that he's probably still figuring some things out you know do you really think he knows how to use every single player at their at their best already he's probably still learning a little bit uh, I mean, absolutely. His first time being a head coach. I mean, a couple, couple of things with him that I've noticed. First of all, the fact that he's been able to maneuver uh, so smoothly through the the COVID and, and just, I mean, everything being virtual. And these guys had such limited time to actually put pads on and practice together. That in and of itself deserves so much praise for a, new, a brand new coach uh, implementing a new system. Um, so that, that right there just is, is quite the accomplishment. And then, you know, what I'm seeing with him is, uh, he's setting himself up every week with previous weeks, play calling and setting up the opposing defenses for something Mm -hmm. they haven't seen before. And it's just so fun to watch. The guy is so creative and, um, just, just watching, um, how he's using similar formations and then just running a play that the deep, that OBJ pass to to Hooper. Mm-hmm. I mean, just it just one of those things where it, it's just like everything he's got the Midas touch right now, you know, and he set he's setting up the opposing defense. They think they know what's coming. Right. We're going to hit somebody deep down the, down the sideline is going to hit a Jarvis this time. Right. No, it's going to be Hooper coming across. It's just awesome to watch. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and I, I can only guess that he's just going to keep doing that as far as being innovative and smart and finding ways to set things up. But I feel like he's going to keep finding new ways to to use guys to their, you know, to their, you know, for their best purpose to to uh, capitalize on their abilities, the best ways. Um, you know, finding new formations, ways to get different mixes of guys on the field, you know, the further and further we get into the season. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's a sh- it's a shame right now that we don't have Nick Chubb because I'd love to see, you know, him coming in next week um, and, and really just yeah. have the full complement, you know, of our, of our rushing attack and see what we can do. And yet, you know, he's not getting cute. And... And not again, not to bash anybody from last year. He's he's staying true to, to himself. He's it doesn't it looks like everything is is meant to be. He's um, he's not getting away from his game plan. And, um, you know, that seemed to happen a lot last year um, where we come out strong and then all of a sudden the wheels would come off. And these guys just like they look like they're confident. They look like they know what they're doing every time they hit the field. Every play, they're in the right places, and I think going back to your point earlier, that's why there's so much, so many fewer penalties. Um, they're lining up the right way, which is eliminating so many of those darn pre-snap penalties we used to get. And all of a sudden, you're you're behind the sticks on on first down to start a drive, and it's just you're killing a drive before it even starts. And they're just not doing that this year, and um, that's just huge. You know, just get these guys, you know, and, and just in a place where they can be successful and not starting behind the eight ball. So, you know, if we can just keep them disciplined and and just locked in like that, I think we're in good shape. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about a couple of 
kind of things in the news that I saw, and then uh, then we'll get into next week's game. Uh, first of all, some injuries. Uh, Ronnie Harrison's in concussion protocol. I assume he's going to be out this week. Um, Wyatt Teller is questionable. I don't know if he's going to give it a go or not, but like you said, I, I would rather see them be kind of cautious with him <laughs> as good a player as he is. I, I'd love to have him out there, but Chris Hubbard's played well. And if, if it takes an extra week to make sure that Wyatt Teller's healthy and doesn't aggravate his injury, then then go with Chris Hubbard this week. That's my thought. Um, Greedy is on IR. Um, and then Larry Ogunjobi and Carl Joseph are both uh, – Questionable, but uh, but Stefanski says they're they're he's hopeful that both those guys will play this week. Right. So um, Larry Ogunjobi would be a would be a big uh, big addition or a big guy to get back this week, um, definitely. And, and obviously, if uh, if Ronnie Harrison's out, kind of hope to get Carl Joseph back too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Um, this sounds like, to your point, yes, Ronnie Harrison doesn't doesn't seem like he's going to be out there. Um, you know, Sheldrick Wedvon, another one of those guys, he hadn't played all year, and then stick him in there, the guy, you know, gets interception. So, um, I like his first play, up. wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. So, you know, guys are stepping up. Um, you know, I think Sandejo, he, I mean, look – Unfortunately, the guy's on. <laughs> he's on the screen every time. You know the re- uh, the opposing receiver is getting free. I, not all of that is on him. The problem with him, he's just not fast, and so that's the issue there. Um, and uh, and I agree with you on Teller. I mean, the guy is he's been graded out as the best guard in football, uh, mm-hmm. and I'd rather him be back to as close to 100 percent as possible before he hits the field. Those guys are, I mean, they're tough. If they, if they can have any chance to go out there, I'm sure he'll give it a shot. Um, right. But I don't want to sacrifice the long term for one game. Um, so Absolutely let's make not. sure you're healthy there. Um, the greedy thing, look, Money Mitch has been, he's been money. He's been, he's been good. He's been solid. I can't, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's so, played well. Yeah, real well. Uh, I think he'd be a solid number two corner on, on virtually any other team. So, and I, I don't know about you. I mean, granted, he was a rookie last year. I, you know, I was up and down with Greedy. He, had, he, he, he showed flashes, and at the same time, I saw him get beat a lot last year. So, to me, I, I don't know how much we're missing there. He's still an unproven commodity. So, um, you know, and with Kevin Johnson slowly getting back to full strength, the secondary is getting there. Uh, safety is the area yeah. of concern for me. It really is. Um, especially, I, I don't know what it is with Pittsburgh, Rod. I, it seems like every year they find some receiver late in the draft that turns out to be a stud. Um, so that's something we're gonna have to be careful of, you know? Well, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. Um, but, uh, let's, uh, I want to get into the Pittsburgh game, but let's let me go over a couple other things first. All right, because we'll yeah we'll get into Pittsburgh. Um, you know the Cowboys signed Garrett Gilbert off the practice squad. <laughs> That's the yeah, second guy they've that. stolen off the practice squad. Um, so Baker's probably a little bit ticked about this one. <laughs> you know, 
Um, but, uh, you know, I, I guess if it gives Garrett Gilbert a chance to, to be on a team, you know, all, all the better for him. But, um, you know, kind of stinks. I guess that's just how the rules are this season. So, um, so we'll, you know, I, I, I don't know if the, I, I didn't even look to see if the Browns signed anybody else yet or not. I hadn't, see, I hadn't seen anything. It also speaks to our depth and and the quality of players that we are stockpiling, you know, even on the uh, on the practice squad, you know. That, so that, that practice squad was strong. I tell you yeah, what, at the beginning of the real, season, real strong. Yeah, yeah real yeah. strong. Look, good for Garrett Gilbert. I wish I wish him yeah. nothing but success. Yeah. It stinks for the Browns. Um, but we're going to have to cover that spot up. We're going to have to sign somebody because with the way things are in the league right now, running with two quarterbacks on your roster that know the system is, is pretty dangerous. It is a pretty dangerous thing to do. Well, yeah, they need to get somebody in and get them up to speed. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. They definitely do. And I, I'm sure that'll happen uh, pretty quickly. Yeah. Okay. I saw this quote in it and, uh, um, I just have to read this. I mean, some guys just can't get over themselves and get, you know, get on with things. Um, Carson Palmer was in, was interviewed, and here, here's a quote from Carson Palmer. After the Browns are, are go four and one, the Browns are still the Browns. Maybe it's early in the season, but I trust my eyes. You don't know what you what you've got in Baker, but you know what you've got in Joe. Talking about Joe Burrow. <laughs> I need I need your reaction to that, Noah. <laughs> so. It's a really, it's a really interesting statement. So you don't know what you've got in Baker, who's who's four and one, and I don't know the exact count, but he's got what over thirty games. Is that right? Am I right about that? Well, what he played thirteen his first season, thirteen and twenty nine and five, so thirty four games, right? Thirty four games, yeah, right. Um, so I would say. I think to a certain extent he's right about not knowing exactly what we have in Baker because Baker, as we mentioned earlier, has played for four different offensive coordinators in three years. So, yeah. yeah, I agree with that. So there's that. And he still has more touchdowns and interceptions. He set the rookie record for touchdown passes. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, he's on the verge of becoming the third player in NFL history with 3,000 passing yards and 20 touchdowns in his first three seasons uh, behind Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. It's some pretty, pretty, pretty good company, I would say. Yeah. Um, so, so that's Baker Mayfield. Uh, Joe Burrow has played all of five professional football games. Um, they, uh, Joe Burrow is, he's the guy is, from what I can tell, he's going to be great. So nothing against look, Joe Burrow at all. Yeah, nothing, nothing at all. I mean, that Cincinnati better protect this guy or he's going to have a very short career. He's going to they're going to do to him what Cleveland did to so many young quarterbacks in their careers yeah. and ruin them before he has a chance to be great. Because Tim Couch could have been everything that Joe Burrow is if he had had some protection and a team around him. That's right. But I digress. Um, yeah. But to say the Browns are still the Browns are always going to be the Browns. I mean, that's just a ridiculous statement. This is not the same team. Every year has to be looked at independently. And that's I see this all the time uh, on social media from other teams. And what have you guys done? You lost this many games. And last year, 
It's not last year. It's a different regime. It's a, if, if you watch football, you can see this is a different team. This is a different feeling. Um, and so I just, that kind of stuff drives me nuts. Um, and to say that you know what you have in Joe Burrow, but you don't know what you have in Baker Mayfield, I mean, that's just hypocrisy at its finest. I agree. And I agree really with exactly what you said. Baker is not a proven, a completely proven commodity. I mean, I think he's starting to prove himself a little bit this season. You know, when you sure. put, when you start putting a nice season together, I mean, he had the rookie season where he showed his ability. Okay. But it right. takes more than a rookie season with a quarterback. You have to put several seasons together, uh, uh, consistency at the quarterback position to be, to be taken seriously, you know, as a professional quarterback. Um, but you can't put last season entirely on Baker, and he certainly didn't lose any ability last season. He That's didn't right. lose his talents or his ability to throw, you know, to uh, his accuracy or his arm strength or anything else last season. He still has that. So I think the key with Baker is to have some consistency in the coaching staff and the regime and some players around him and, you know, and, and to see what he becomes. And then the question is, what does he become and what does he even need to become for this team to be successful? That's right. You know, you know, maybe he doesn't, maybe he's not a top five or 10 quarterback. Maybe he doesn't need to be for the Browns to, to be serious contenders. Maybe, you know, Maybe yeah, he will be. Maybe he can grow into that in, in a couple of seasons. Who knows? And, and and I think the guy's got the talent to do that, you know, and, and you just said it. Does the guy, does he need to throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns every week for this team to win? Yeah. That, that's not that's not what this team is built on. Yeah, we have, you know, arguably the the best wide receiver duo in the league. We have what is... I think you cannot argue uh, against the fact that we have the best running back duo in the league. Um, one of the top offensive yeah. lines in the league, you play to your strengths. And so I, I to me, in the last two weeks, I'm going to throw uh, the indie game out um, and just go back to the previous weeks where or previous three weeks where he had over a 100 um, efficiency rating and he didn't pass for over 200 yards, I believe, in any of those games. Um, I, that's fine by me. <laughs> right. I'd much right. rather the guy play within himself. Um, and, and he showed me in Indy, though, in the first half especially, that he can do more if the team asks him to do more. And he did it. So he's coming into his own. Um, he's, he's still growing as a as a young man and as, as a quarterback and he'll continue to grow. Um, and I think Stefanski is a, is a great person to put him in position in a position to be successful. I agree. So let's talk about Sunday's game in Pittsburgh. It's kind of strange that the Browns are not going to be finishing the season in Pittsburgh. It seems <laughs> no like kidding. you do every single year. Um, you know, as as the Steelers fans around the world hope that the Browns coach will be fired following the game. That's um, right. It's like a, <laughs> not this year. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Steelers four and zero sit 
I guess, atop the division with the with the, uh, um, well, the, 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 or, I don't even know, are the, the uh, yeah, well, the Ravens are four and one, so yeah, Pittsburgh's yeah. four and oh, sitting atop the division. They um, are, yes. But let's take a look at the, at Pittsburgh's, Pittsburgh's record and who they played, okay? Um, they, they played the, they beat the Giants, the Broncos, um, they beat Houston, and they beat, uh, well, Tennessee was postponed, and then they beat uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh has given up their defense, okay? Their scary defense gave up 16 points to the Giants, 21 to Denver, 21 to Houston, 29 to Philadelphia. And I mean, they're winning. The, their biggest win was over the Giants by ten points. Yeah, so, you know, I'm not going to knock them because you know, if a win for the for Cleveland is a win, you know, and our and our schedule's not, um, you know, we haven't beat you know great great teams, but um, you know, so so maybe maybe I can't say a lot, but do we know how? Do we know if Pittsburgh's really good or not? I mean, I don't, I, I don't think we do. I think, you know, so much that people base their, their opinions on is on the past. And admittedly, it's been, it's been an ugly couple of decades against the Steelers. I think we can, mm-hmm. we can say that um, unabashedly. And yeah. you're right. You know, Steelers fans and the national media – they just want to throw in our face, well, who have you played? Who have you played? They have Pittsburgh. You know, I saw the the PFF rankings that came out or the Yahoo, whatever rankings that came out. And they had Pittsburgh ranked six, um, yeah. number six. And then we were ranked number 10. Um, and I'm, I'm fine with that. If they're ranking them ahead of us, they have not lost a game yet. And yeah. yet the, the narrative is, well, who have the Browns played? And what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Pittsburgh they haven't played, played anybody. They know nobody. And I, I watched a, a lot of that game against Philadelphia last week. Philly was in that game until the very end, despite the score. Um, and yeah. outside of, a, of, of an insane showing from their rookie wide receiver, Pittsburgh loses that game. So, look, I'm not going to disrespect the Steelers. Um, because until we go out there and, and beat them, you know, sure, sure, yeah, same here. You know, I'm not going to do that. Um, they've got a lot of talent on that defense. There's no question about it. Um, they got a couple of great cornerbacks and obviously TJ Watt is a heck of a player. Um, and you know, look what we did against Indy. Indy is a number, was a number one ranked defense in the NFL when we played them. Um, yeah. we've got, we've got the, we've got the personnel, we've got the game planning. Um, there's no reason why we cannot go in there and, and, and beat these guys. Um, I, I don't know. I'm still not sure, you know, about big Ben, um, and, and their running game, you know, we have a pretty good run defense this year. So it's it, been it, pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so you know, for for anybody to say that that this is a you know 
it's a gimme game for, for Pittsburgh and that, you know, we're not in the same breath. It's silly. Yeah, Philly had their, she's uh, what, their fourth and fifth wide receivers out there probably. Yeah. And I can't remember the guy's name, um, who the receiver for Philly, who I don't even know how much he had played. Um, but he had a heck of a game, and I'm like, I never even heard of this guy. Um, he he had a bunch of catches, and I I should have looked his name up. I can't remember, you know, I can't remember it now. But um, you know, he had a heck of a thing going with Carson Wentz through most of the game, and I'm thinking, well, you know, if 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 this guy can do this against Pittsburgh, then you know, what what can the Browns wide receivers do? Absolutely. And the other thing I would look at is, I mean, look. Carson Wentz had a phenomenal rookie year, uh, no question about it. The guy has been a shell of himself um, mm-hmm. since, and I I don't care what anybody says. I would take Baker over Carson without a doubt this year, without a doubt. Um, so, you know, I think if we're looking at those two teams, you know, obviously I like us a lot better. There's no question about it. Um, but we're different this year. We're – we're built differently. They, you know, we're going to bully some teams around. And I, I love that mentality. It, it really takes me back to the way this rivalry used to be very physical. We're a very physical team up front. That's and see that to me is is the difference. And, and you know, you win the line of scrimmage, the majority of the time you're going to win the game. And I think that our O line is the strength of our team. Uh, and I think our defensive line, the depth is isn't what it I wish it would be, you know, Billings opting out, certainly respected his decision. It, it hurts, you know, for oh, sure. As far yeah. rotational. We, our front four, our, our starting four, I mean, I'll stack them up with anybody in the league. Um, yeah. So, I look, I, I like, our, I like our, our chances going into that game for sure. Yeah, I mean, just looking at Pittsburgh's stats, I mean, their defense, uh, they've only given up 256 rushing yards. In five games, so we're only giving up like 50 rushing yards a game. Um, passing, you know, P- Pittsburgh has thrown for 958 yards. They they've given up 950 yards in, in the air. Uh, you know, the main thing where Pittsburgh has a big advantage is they've they have 20 sacks on the season. They've only given up six. Mm. You know, so that that's a big difference. Uh, Pittsburgh scored 14 touchdowns, given up 11. Um, you know, first downs, they have a slight edge. And I mean, and this is against the competition they've been that, playing. So that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So, I, so I'm not here to say Pittsburgh stinks. I'm just here to say that, um, I don't think we know. I don't, we're not going into play a Pittsburgh team that that's beat, beaten Kansas city, you know, new England and, and, uh, you know, whoever else you want to say, you know, green Bay and teams like this. You know they they beat teams that that uh, together have a record of three fifteen and one. Yeah, I mean I would say this is as much if not more of a prove it game for them as it is for us. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with you, and um, it, it really is a shame that the Browns don't have Nick Chubb and that Wyatt Teller may not play because those two guys really you know, are the kind of guys that make a difference in this game um, because I think the Browns would would have tried to go in and run the ball more 
with those guys than what they'll probably try to do otherwise against Pittsburgh, given that Pittsburgh doesn't give up a whole lot of rushing yards and they do give up a lot of passing yards. I yeah. think that's going to kind of dictate the game plan. But I think, you know, I, I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a, uh, I think it's going to be a, um, what do I want to say? I don't want to call it a bloodbath, but I think it's going to be uh, a, a very hard-fought game uh, with with a very physical game. And I just I just hope too many guys don't get hurt in this game. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and there's there, uh, there is no love in this game. Uh, you know, none. Go, go, you know, going back. Remember, this is Miles you know, first game against the Steelers again. And I think that, uh, <laughs> I think he's going to go out there and his, I think he's going to be a, a man with his, with his hair on fire out there. It's, I think uh, he is yeah, think have so. a monster game. Um, so I think that'll be fun to watch. I, I honestly think that he's going to put uh, Ben down at least twice. Um, he, he, he's got a, he's got a thing for sacking, Sacking Roethlisberger, which is I love seeing it, um, mm-hmm. and and we're gonna test those those cornerbacks. I I agree with you. I think that this is an opportunity to exploit them a little bit and really utilize, you know, gosh, our and and not only that, our our I was gonna say our our wide receivers, our tight ends, you know, Austin yeah. Hooper, Harrison Bryant, Najoku's back. Um, we've got so much talent. And um, just the guys to to implement the game plan to utilize that talent. Let's not forget Kareem Hunt. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be as how are they, the question is how are they going to stop us um, consistently? Uh, again, they have great players. I'm not taking that away from them. Um, I acknowledge the fact that T.J. Watt is is a phenomenal talent, no doubt about it. Yeah, um, they're tough. We. We just got a lot. We have a lot to deal with, a lot to handle. Yeah, I, I agree. So let's throw out some predictions. What uh, what uh, what score do you think is? Uh, what, give me give me a give me a final score prediction for this game. Well, I think the fact that we're not dealing with a full home crowd certainly plays to our advantage. Um, and this team is, is starting to, to fire on all cylinders, uh, meaning the Browns and I'm a Homer. I, I love my Brownies. Um, and this is just, this is going to be a fun game. I think we put up over 30 points for the fifth game in a row and mm-hmm. I'm looking at a, a 31 to 21 victory. Excellent. I think it's going to be higher scoring than that. Oh boy, I I think this is I think that there's going to be a, a ton of passing, a lot of touchdowns in this game. I think the Browns win this one. It's going to be a, a classic um, that people are going to look to for a long time because the Browns win this game, they'll be five and one, and it's it's really going to you know signify you know the turnaround. Not that not that being four and one hasn't the five and one and beating the Steelers, people are gonna look back to this game. I think the Browns win this game forty five to thirty eight. Love it. <laughs> love, love it. 
from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> I sure hope so. Gosh, I hope I'm right. <laughs> Me too, man. Me, one of us anyway. Either one. I'll take either score now. That's right. That's right. Um, I'll take a one point win. <laughs> sure will happily. And yeah. and and no and no injuries, please. Yeah, no injuries. Um, yeah, I, I don't like seeing injuries, man. So, uh, yeah, th- this has been a lot of fun, Noah. So, what I like to do is give you uh, give you a chance to kind of close things out, whatever kind of message or whatever else you want to say to uh, to the Browns fans to kind of close us out and leave people in a kind of in a happy place. All right, my my pleasure. Well, I'm, uh, you know, I, I know I'm with all of you guys out there, and we're super excited about this start. Um, it's just, it's it's a new feeling. Uh, I think uh, every week we go on in with the mindset that we can legitimately win every game that we play. So uh, let's just, you know, stay positive. Uh, Baker is our guy. Get behind him. Uh, bark hard. The season is is short. Uh, make them count, and uh, let's go out there and rack up another W this week. Excellent. That is Noah Morris. You can follow him at Blog Pound One. You can follow me at Clearide B. And this has been the Browns Blitz, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>